There we go. Hey, Merry Christmas. Glad, glad you guys could be here with us uh, this morning. Core, it was, it's been my delight, actually, to have Core design a, a worship series or a sermon series for this Christmas. Uh, like he said, I kind of ran out of ideas 15 years of doing this or 14 years, I guess. And, and so he came up with this idea of a cinematic Christmas which is kind of an interesting way. I don't think I ever would have thought of that. I mean, it's an interesting way to go. The guy obviously watches way too much television. But the, uh, he, he came up with some creative ones, you know, Elf and uh, going home for the holidays, linking to John the Baptist. No, I don't know if this is being recorded or not, but that's a bit of a stretch, I'm just going to say. But anyway, uh, and then, and then uh, last week he talked about the present that you really wanted, of course, one of the favorite Christmas and, and most endearing ones is, is Ralphie, and of course he wanted the Red Rider BB gun, and, and I love that scene right here, this scene right <laughs> when he asks for it, and then he gets the boot in the face, and, and, and away he goes, and, and that's uh, Christmas, as I remember, in, in my hometown. Matter of fact, the, the uh, interesting thing was, a couple weeks back, uh, Nanny asked a question about if you had this like love or fear of Santa growing up, it was total fear. Where I grew up on the Iron Range in the in the 60s and, and early 70s, Santa smelled of Jack Daniels is what I remember. And so it was nothing but fear. It was like, what do you want? You just want my mommy. I'm 16, you know, but... Um, but anyway, then he linked that to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, that's a, that's a better, I thought he did a better link. This week, this week though, and I was very pleased when he uh, gave me this, and I did not ask for this, but he gave this to me. We are going to my favorite Christmas cartoon, the Charlie Brown Christmas. You remember the Charlie Brown Christmas? And I, it's the best. It is the best, no doubt. We'll get to watch some too. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Charlie Brown, there's just the, the songs uh, are amazing. I remember buying the album back when there was this big vinyl thing, and, and it's just amazing. And, and what the story that, that he goes through. Remember, Charlie Brown is really struggling with the purpose of Christmas. I want to just read a little bit of what happens in the beginning of the, uh, beginning of the, uh, the program. If remember, Charlie Brown looked in his mailbox, and he sees nothing. And let me just read a little bit of what he says. I, I, he, says um, he says, he's all sad, and he says, Nobody sent me a Christmas card today. I know nobody likes me. Why do we have to have a holiday season to emphasize it? It's like, oh, and here's this groan. You hear this poor groan. He doesn't exist. There's no such person as Charlie Brown, okay? So you don't feel bad for him. Okay, all right, anyway. So then he decides to go to, to get some psychiatric help. Remember that? He goes to see, he goes to see the doctor. The doctor is in, and, and she, she charges a nickel. And here's what she says. She says, uh, boy, I love, she's, he puts the nickel in there. And remember, he just, she just shakes it. She says, boy, I love the beautiful sound of cold, hard cash. That beautiful, beautiful sound. Nickels, nickels, nickels. That beautiful sound of plunking nickels. Now, what seems to be, <laughs> what seems to be your trouble? And Charlie Brown opens up, I, I know I should be happy during Christmas, but I can't seem to manage it. And she goes on. And she says, uh, uh, he, she goes on to describe it, and then, and, and he then comes back uh, with all of his woes about everybody else seems to be happy, and I'm not really happy. And then she kind of she realizes she's not really happy at the end of this as well. Even the doctor, even uh, Lucy here, she says, incidentally, I know how you feel about all this Christmas business, 
getting depressed and all that. It happens to me every year. I never get what I really want. I always get a lot of uh, stupid toys or a bicycle or clothes or something like that. And Charlie Brown says, well, what do you want? She says, real estate. Remember that? (laughs) Beautiful. Then Charlie Brown goes from there. So the next scene, okay, goes from there and he sees his, his dog putting all these decorations on the doghouse. Remember that? What's going on here? And uh, he, he's handed a note that, that it says, and it says this, find the true meaning of Christmas. Win money, money, money. Spectacular, super colossal neighborhood Christmas lights and display contest. And, and he sees this amazing display that Snoopy has put up. And, 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 and Charlie Brown's comment is, even my own dog has gone commercial. All right, so now, why did Charles Schultz write this? Why did he do this? Well, in, in 1965 is when this came out. He wrote this to kind of battle some of the commercialism and all the things that were happening with Christmas because, as was true in 1965, which was, is true in 2011, it is easily lost. It is easily Christmas is easily lost with everything else. Lee Iacocca said it. Uh, it was the, he was the leader of the, the guy that turned Chrysler around from going in the tank to almost going in the tank. <laughs> I don't know how far up he got it, but he did get it so it didn't go out of business. He, his big famous quote is, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. That's the main thing. Main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. That's what I want to talk about this morning. How do you keep the main thing the main thing at Christmas time? So first off, though, I want to talk about, uh, and I'm having a little fun here this morning, I admit it, but uh, I want to talk about eight things that are not the main thing, all right? And they're all good things in and of themselves when taken rightly, okay? So they're not bad things, but they're not the main thing, okay? The first thing is commercialism. Now, you may think, wait a minute, that sounds kind of bad, but I mean, basically, it goes like this. Uh, Some of you get this idea of what Christmas is supposed to be like, and for some of you, you come with this real happiness. For me, I struggle because of all the the money and the gifts and all that kind of thing, and I feel kind of like this, you know? That's what it feels like to me at Christmas time. To some degree, I struggle with that. Now, stuff is not bad. Stuff is not bad. Stuff is not good. You, you might want to write this down. This is so good. Stuff is just stuff. I thought of that this morning. I know. Thank you. At least one person appreciates me. Glad there's no nursery this morning, so I get uh, I get the people that really appreciate this stuff. Uh, stuff is just stuff, right? Stuff is just stuff, and so it's not bad, it's not good, it's just stuff. And it, but it won't fill you. If you don't believe that, uh, pull out your first iPhone, see how that's working for you. <laughs> or like in my case, I got one of these these droids. The the day it, I'm not normally that guy. But I had, uh, thanks to, to Noah, I had baptized my other one in the Brule River of my phone. And so I needed a phone, and I waited. Yeah, I'd make it sound like you dropped me in. Well, you did. You pushed me. Um, <laughs> fell of my own free will and stupidity. But uh, I fell in the river, and I needed a new phone. I waited for the new droid to come out. And I was excited. Here's this new one, my first ever smartphone. And if those of you who have the original droid, it's like, cool. And then Droid 2.0 and Droid X and Droid Plux Plus and now Droid Google Plex is out or whatever. I'm not even out of my contract yet. And the only way I can get a hold of John Neal is to take my droid and to throw it at his head. That's the sum total of how my droid works at this point. 
little dent marks on John's head. It, it is a boat anchor, this thing. It's just like push a button, wait. I have to wait up to five whole seconds sometimes. <laughs> Commercialism. St- stuff. Next one. The perfect Christmas. Some of you, especially if you're the female persuasion, have in your mind that Christmas should look like this. Right? There's this, there's this moment. Dad comes through. He's got a pipe. He's got the hat. All the kids are there. Everybody's completely happy. This is a Norman Rockwell uh, uh, painting that was made for Pontiac. See, because it says at the bottom, maybe you can't see, it says, Merry Christmas, Grandma, and the little boy is saying, and we came in our new Pontiac. Now, so just figure this out. Just think of what actually is happening here now. They drove all the way to Grandma's house. It's dark, so it's after dinner, approaching towards dinner time. These children are in there. They're hungry. They're tired. They're in a Pontiac. And this was a joyful ride? I don't think so. I think this, that the father is just wanting to take the duct tape off these children and to get them to grandma so he and his wife can go out somewhere else. This, hear me loud and clear, this never existed ever. <laughs> Don't try to do it again because it never happened. Those of you who have memories of your childhood being like that, if you could go back and rewind the tape, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's right. There was the Jack Daniel Santa that scared the daylights out of me. There was all these other things that were freaky. It never existed, the perfect Christmas. Fourth thing is gift receiving. Now, I think gift receiving is, is a great thing. We all want to get good gifts, uh, and that's, that's, that's a fine thing. We get excited about that. I know as a kid, all you have is two paydays, your birthday and Christmas. I understand that. I get the concept. I was there. I get it. However... There's a lot of real interesting gifts. Some of you are like our family, haven't opened your gifts yet this morning. And so I'm going to give you, uh, I got this forwarded to me, so I don't know who to credit to. Uh, I'm uh, going to give you top ten things to say when you get a gift that's maybe not what you really like. Okay, top ten things you can say. Number ten. Hey, this is the Minnesota passive-aggressive way of saying it. Hey, there's a gift. (laughs) Number nine, right along with it. Well, well, well. Number eight. Well, if I hadn't recently shot up four sizes, that might have fit. (laughs) Number seven. This is perfect for wearing around the basement. Number six, and I got to say, this one is my favorite by far. This one is my favorite. Gosh, I hope this never catches fire. It is fire season, though. There are lots of unexplained fires. <laughs> not, not funny. Number, number five, if the dog buries it, I'll be furious. Number four, I love it, but I fear the jealousy it will inspire. Number three, sadly, tomorrow I enter the witness, federal witness protection program. Number two, to think. I got this the year I vowed to give all my gifts to charity. (laughs) And the number one, oh, I really don't deserve this. (laughs) Gift giving. Now, sometimes you think, oh, it's it's a great thing to to receive good gifts, and it is. And you might think, well, the main thing here is to be a gift, and this is a good thing, right? Better give than receive. Jesus even said it's a good thing. 
Nothing wrong with that. If you remember my second favorite, favorite Christmas cartoon, that would be The Grinch. And if The Grinch teaches you anything, they still sing, Wahoo, boray, wahoo, boray. Help me out here. What's it? Welcome, Chris. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, <laughs> they sing it anyway. So it's not, it's not necessarily even about gift, gift giving. What about making other people happy? Making, that's the goal, right? That's the goal, Chris. I just want to make other people feel happy. And you might have this. Come on, everybody. Be happy. Be happy. Yay. When I was uh, in the Minnesota marching band, I was there during the last year of Joe Salem as the head coach. Uh, we went uh, one and whatever other games, one and 12 or whatever it was. And we had a, a, a phrase that all of a sudden we would just start yelling. And uh, it would start up usually with the trombone section. They were always the crazy people. You were a trombone guy. Uh, I think, uh, and, and the trombones would start it, and it was just two letters. And it was F-E. F-E. And the band would just start to go crazy. F-E, 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 F-E. And the place, you know, everybody was like, wow, what's going on? F-E stood for false enthusiasm. You're going to make it your goal on Christmas to make everybody happy. I can guarantee you that there's someone who will not play along with F.E. There's someone there who will just be sourpuss, and it will ruin your, your day because you've made it your goal to make everybody happy. If everybody's not happy, you're going to find, you're going to try to manipulate them to be happy so that your goal is met. And if your goal then, if you set a goal to do this, now I've got to really crank it out to make it. Doggone it, you come to my house, you're going to be happy, you're not leaving. Wow. <laughs> Can't wait to get back in the Pontiac. Now, guys in the room, you might think the rest of your day, the rest of your day is to get to do whatever I want. You know, this might be your image of the perfect Christmas right here. Yeah, there you go. Every woman in the, in the room just said, uh-huh, you tell him. You tell him he's going to help with dishes, right? And then lastly, this year especially, Snow, right? This is kind of great. Um, <laughs> that's wrong. So that's not the main thing. It's not the main thing. Those are all good things. Those all can be good things. But they're not the main thing. That's not the main thing. Even Charlie Brown was struggling with that. Uh, what is the main thing? What is the main thing? Let's look. If you've got your Bible with you, I don't have any inserts today. It's Christmas. If you've got your Bible, let's look at John chapter 1. We're going to look at the first 14 verses, and we're going to look at what the main thing is. So we can keep the main thing the main thing. John chapter 1, and uh, like I said, I don't have any inserts, so you can follow along. It's on the screen as well if you want to do that. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light 
so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He, now I was talking about this word, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I want to just look at this more. I'm look at that verse 14 there. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. That's the main thing. What's the main thing? First verse is, the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Everything was made through Him. We have life through Him, and that life is light. And then it says, in verse 14, I don't have it right here, but it says, the Word became flesh. That's the main thing. The main thing is that the God of the universe, the omnipotent, all-powerful, the omniscient, all-knowing, the all-merciful, all-loving, the all-just God, bigger than you can possibly imagine, actually loves you enough to come. That's incredible. It's not all those other things aren't important we just looked at. Those are important. Fun to have those great things. There's nothing wrong with those. But it's not the main thing. The main thing is the one who made you came back to rescue you. He came for you. Came as a little baby. Was raised. Had a life. Taught. And ultimately went to a cross to pay the penalty for the sin that you and I have and to be a, a redeemer for us. It's amazing. Really, I mean, I know we've heard it before, but for some of you, hear it again for the first time. That's the main thing. If you're wondering what God thinks about you December 25th, it screams God loves you. That's the main thing. Second thing for this passage is that John, the, the John the Baptist it talks about here, and you and I are not the main thing. It says, there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness testify, to testify concerning the light so that all men might believe. He himself was not that light. This is one of the greatest Christmas presents we can give to ourselves or let God give to you this morning. God is the main thing, and we are not. See, I think a lot of us have exactly how we're feeling, what we're going through, our circumstances as the center of the universe, as if somehow six billion other people revolve around it, or not only just that, but God and all the angels and all the people of all time and all the events that have ever happened somehow revolve around our circumstance. Now, it's not that 
God doesn't think that our circumstances are important. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we are not the center of the universe. God is the center of the universe. And when you don't have your life so that he's the center, he's the sun, and we revolve around him, you'll be frustrated. Third thing about the main thing. Talks about Jesus, just imagine this now. Jesus makes the world, right? In the beginning, God created the world. It says in Genesis 1, in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things went through Him. All things were created through Him. You create everything, then you take on human form, and you come back, and it says here that they didn't recognize Him, verse 10. It says, verse 11, He came to that which was His own, but his own did not receive him. Now, let's just talk about that word receive for just a second. What does that mean? It, it, it means like if someone were to knock on your door, how you, what you do with that, all right? What do you do with the person at the door? If it's someone who looks uh, real scary, and I've had this, somebody knocking on my alley door, I live in, I live in South Minneapolis, knocking on the, the door that goes to the back door to the alley, and this guy looking like a little scary, I talk to him through the door. You know what I'm saying? Well, through both doors. I'm not even going to open either door. I'm just going to talk to him that way. If it's, a, if it's knock, 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 and it's somebody with a name badge and a white shirt and a tie, I'm going to open the door about that much because I've talked to the Mormons a lot, and, and it doesn't, doesn't help. But sometimes I <laughs> talk more with them, uh, right? If it's somebody selling something, Maybe I'll see what they're selling. I'm at the door open. We've had some fantastic oranges come through, so I always keep that door open a little bit. But uh, most of the time, it's, it's ridiculous. But if it's someone that you know and recognize, say today like on Christmas, and it's, it's a good friend, you're going to swing open that door, and you're going to embrace them. That's what this means. It says, it came to, came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So what I think the passage is teaching here is how do you respond to the main thing? How do you respond to Jesus? And it says you receive him. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a past tense and it's a current tense. So do you receive him? Not have you at one time. But right now, do you receive him? And some of you wrestle with, what does it really mean to believe? How can I get all my questions answered? How do I figure all these things out? All that. that That's not ultimately the thing. That's something to talk with Jesus about after he comes into your living room. It's how you treat him at the door. Jesus, I have all these doubts. I have all these messed up things in my life. And he's standing at the door saying, I want to come in. I want to be part of that. Keeping the main thing the main thing means having Jesus come in, sit down in your living room and have a conversation with him. Work things out. Receive him. Do you receive him this, this Christmas? And the last thing, fourth thing is um, Eugene Peterson in his paraphrase of the New Testament uh, called The Message, he writes it this way. He says, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. He is with you. The main thing about the main thing is that Jesus Christ is not just a concept. Jesus Christ is alive right now. You can have a relationship with Him, made His dwelling with us. 
It's not just about doctrine and knowing all those things. And we love doctrine and hope. That's important. It's about a relationship with Jesus. Now, where does that? Let's go back to Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown was really wrestling with this. Really wrestling with this. If you remember this, he goes out and he tries to find a Christmas tree. And all he can find, okay, it's 1965, so if you have an artificial tree, it's okay. But in 1965, it was pretty radical to have an artificial tree. Okay, and so they goes out and there's these aluminum ones. And boing, remember, he hits them. And they're, they're, they're totally fake. Uh, please, contextualize it. 1965, it was a radical thing to have a fake Christmas tree. And, and so Charles Schultz is kind of making a jab at that, saying, are you kidding me? And so he goes out and he finds that Christmas tree. You remember that? He finds the only real one he can find, and he buys that one. And he thinks, this is it. Now we're going to celebrate Christmas. And he brings it back to where they're, they're practicing their Christmas play to see how everybody else will react to him. And once again, of course, being Charlie Brown, he gets mocked. And he gets, he gets ridiculed for this. And so, and so that's when he screams uh, his famous line, which I want to show right here. Here we go. like to conclude my sermon now. Lights, please. I love how he says that. Lights, please. <laughs> Let me close by asking you a couple questions for Christmas, the rest of your, your Christmas day today. First one is, like Charlie Brown, are you struggling today with the real meaning? Everything else has come in and has choked it out. Make today a day where the main thing's the main thing. Make today a day where you decide, hey, you know, all these other things are great. Seeing family is great. It's not going to be perfect. Giving gifts is going to be great. You're not going to get the perfect response. You're not, I promise you, you're not going to get the perfect gift. Uh, it won't happen. And, and all these different things, those are good things, but they're not the main thing. Let the main thing be the main thing. Jesus Christ is the gift from God. And then lastly, are you fighting to keep that thing? Every day, are you fighting to make the main thing the main thing? Let's pray together. Jesus Christ, today we come before you in honor of your birthday and in honor of it reminds us clearly that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
And Lord, that life starts right now by knowing you and continues on after death to know you face to face. So Lord, I pray for everyone in this room, wherever they're at in their spiritual journey. God, some people come here today with very heavy hearts, very heavy hearts. Christmas can be a very hard time for a variety of reasons. And I pray, Jesus, that you would meet them exactly where they need to be met. And I pray, Lord God, as you knock on the door, that you give us the courage to swing it wide open. Wherever we're at, today would be a day when we swing the door wide open and just tell you what's going on and talk with you and ask you to minister to us because you love to do that. Pray for that, Lord God. I pray for some of us who have long ago drifted very far from this message. So much so that we're not even sure who's knocking at the door. We don't even recognize you anymore. And I pray today that you just get our attention. You get our attention and that we would once again be reminded of how beautiful this thing is. And God, that we would fall on our knees and want to worship you. We pray in Jesus' name.